0: Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we're going to talk about what are the results of salvation. And some of you may be thinking, well, duh, of course, it's that I get to go to heaven now. Well, yes, and that is such a small part of it. That is not the bulk of the results of salvation. Salvation is so much bigger than whether you get to go to heaven or not, or whether you're saved from hell or not. There's a whole lot more results than just that. Now, that is huge in itself, but there are a whole lot more results. So let's take a look at some of the results of salvation. So the first one that we have in our list is justification. This is our position before God. This uh, definition that we have for justification is the state of being justified by God. I know you're not supposed to use the word in the definition, but it's the not the point of the justification as much as it's the state of being justified. The saved are justified through salvation. If we go to Acts chapter 13, verse 39, it says, And and through him everyone who believes is freed from all things, from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. And then again in Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 20, because by the works of the law no flesh will be justified in his sight for through the law comes the knowledge of sin but now apart from the law the righteousness of god has been manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of god through faith in jesus christ for all those who believe there is no distinction for there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith this was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God he passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration I say Of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus and so our justification comes from not our works but from the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and our faith in him and the grace of God Justification brings peace with God. Romans chapter uh, 5 and verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justification also brings deliverance from God's wrath. Romans chapter um, 5 and verse 9. Much more than, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Justification is also a direct result of the call of God. Romans chapter 8 in verse 30, And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. It is a direct result of the call of God. Justification brings the assurance of eternal life. Titus chapter 3 and verse 7, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. According to the hope of eternal life. So we are made heirs of eternal life because of, the justification. And then justification does not mean sinless. Just because you are justified does not mean you will never sin again. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 17, But if, while seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have also been found sinners, is Christ then a minister of sin? May it never be. If we are being justified but yet we're found out to be sinners we are that is one of the facts of living in this world with a sin nature as well as being justified now there's a second part justification is the positional aspect of our salvation so Before God, as he looks at us, he sees us as justified or as cleansed. And the next part is our sanctification, which begins at salvation. And that sanctification is a progressive um, act, Uh, not progressive as in political, but progressive as in uh, it is progressing toward an end. And we're going to talk about that end in a moment, but our, our salvation is being sanctified and our sanctification is a progressive act toward being more like Christ. It's the act of setting something apart or purifying it, and sanctification is the process of becoming like Christ. Sanctification comes through the word of God and prayer. John chapter 17 and verse 17 says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. That's Jesus praying. And then down in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5, For it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. So your sanctification, your growth comes through the word of God and prayer. Growth, spiritual growth is another term used for our sanctification. It's the process of growing spiritually. Sanctification is a work of God and not man. Well, you said I thought it was a process of you growing spiritually. Yes, but God produces that in you. Not that you don't have a responsibility, but that God it is a work of God, and without God. Uh, you could not do it. First Corinthians chapter one and verse thirty. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So it's by his doing that you're even in Christ. And then we go to First Thessalonians chapter four, beginning in verse three. For this is the will of God. Your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. Here's one example of sanctification. Um, Not acting anymore in sexual immorality, but it's abstaining from that. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ so he will sanctify you entirely God is the one who does the sanctification and then in 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 in verse 13, But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning of salva- for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. And so God has chosen them for the purpose of sanctification. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May God, may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. And so sanctification comes by the working of God through the working of the Holy Spirit. So we have justification, we have sanctification and then ultimately the result of that sanctification is the next one and that is glorification and that is a prospective thing that will happen in the future. Romans chapter 8 verse 17 tells us that we have the hope of being with Christ in new bodies. Now this is not a hope as in well I hope it happens, but we have it's a hope as in, we are not hopeless, but we have hope. Romans chapter 8 and verse 17, And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that he may, we may also be glorified with him. We are heirs, and because of that being heirs, we will be glorified with him. Down in verse 30 of the same chapter, and these whom he predestined, he also called. And the, these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. We looked at that verse for justification, but the result of the justification then is glorification. So we are our glorification is solely based on a work of God. He is the one who does it. Now, we've got justification, sanctification, glorification, which are different aspects of the results of our, of our salvation, but there are other things as well. The next one is our regeneration, and that definition of that is our spiritual rebirth. John chapter 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus here. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And here he's telling Nicodemus, and we're going to see in the next few verses, that we must be born not only of physical flesh, like every person is, but we must be born of the Spirit also. Nicodemus said to him, verse 4, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. We need to be born of the flesh and of the Spirit. Uh, The rebirth allows the believer to have a relationship with God. 1 Corinthians 2, beginning in verse 10. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man, except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God so that we may know the spirit or may know the things freely given to us by God. Which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom but in those taught by the spirit combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. So the natural man, the fleshly man, cannot understand the things of God. Your spirit needs to be made alive. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? but we have the mind of Christ through the spiritual rebirth. Again, down in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So he made us alive together with him and nailed our sins to the cross through the spiritual rebirth. We are made alive again. Another result of salvation is adoption. The Jews, first of all, were God's adopted people. Romans chapter 9, verse 4, Who are Israelites, to whom belongs the adoption as sons, and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the temple service, and the promises. So, the Jews were originally God's adopted people that he chose and brought them into the uh, land that they possessed. Now the believers are adopted position, to positions of being sons. And you say, well, that's offensive. I'm a lady. Um, don't be offended because it's the position of sons. It's not that he changes your gender to be a son. It's the position of sons and historically sons were heirs. And so thus, as a position of being sons, you're heirs with all the rights and benefits which come with being an heir of God. And we get this at salvation, uh, which had placed the believer into the family of God. So salvation placed you into the family of God. You're adopted as sons. Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And then Galatians chapter 4 and verse 5. So that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and then in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will just a side note you may actually miss this part of your adoption as sons if you read some of the modern translations that have gone gender neutral um, the scriptures are not general gender neutral and it's for a reason because as sons of god we get we get to be heirs with all the rights and benefits that come with being adopted as sons and so that is very significant the final thing that we're going to look at as a result of your salvation is our forgiveness romans or acts chapter 5 and verse 31. He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as a prince and savior, that that is Jesus, to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We get forgiveness of our sins because of our salvation. Acts chapter 8 verse 22. Therefore repent of this wickedness of yours and pray the Lord that if possible the intention of your heart may be forgiven you now on to acts chapter 13 and verse 38 therefore let it be known to you brethren that through him jesus forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you and then in acts chapter 26 verse 18 to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light And from the dominion of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me that's from Jesus so we see that our salvation has more results than just a transfer of being um, destined for hell to being destined for heaven But our our salvation also includes justification, sanctification that is currently taking place if you are a believer, glorification that will take place in the future, regeneration, adoption, and forgiveness. Make sure that you utilize the whole of your salvation, not just its destination, through the glorification. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Freedom Fridays.